Hello, and welcome to a late night episode of The Movies. And by late night, I mean it is literally 12.25 a.m. on Saturday, May 14th. I have just gotten out of The Northman, directed by Robert Eggers, Co-written by Eggers and um, also a person by the name of uh, Xian. I'm sorry, I'm probably going to get this wrong. This is very first reactions. Uh, by the way, name's Daniel. Welcome to the movies. <laughs> a self-explanatory podcast, but let's keep going. Uh, the Northman is an epic in the literary sense. Uh, very much inspired by stuff like Beowulf, you know, it's a Viking epic about a prince played by Alexander Skarsgård, whom, and this is not a spoiler, whose father is murdered by, you know, his uncle. And because of you know, their legacy, their history, their tradition, he seeks revenge. It's simple as that. The basic premise is it's Shakespeare's Hamlet. You know, it's easy to make jokes about the Lion King, but yeah, that's kind of what the Northman at its surface is. And the more I kind of delved into it, the more I found that Eggers was able to, Eggers and Sean were able to kind of explore a lot of the things that were unsaid or at least uh, undetermined by um, by other sources like Hamlet or... Um, Lion King, and again, I may have I have like a high school understanding of Hamlet, so I might have missed a lot of this. But um, it's willing to dive further into, I guess, the way kind of evil begets itself, the cyclical nature of violence, um, the idea that there really is no innocent left. You know that we are all corrupted by some form of malfeasance or hatred and just by being born on this earth it feels like we are just like damned cursed to embrace uh to be a victim of violence and furthermore ultimately pass it on to other people and there's so much emotion told through rage through screams i mean Skarsgård is this behemoth of a man. The whole movie, you've got people, uh, you got people that are calling themselves like wolves, and there's this idea of like beast versus man, and this guy will just roar and like bare all his teeth, and you just see this sinew of muscle and bone. It's a visceral, meaty, like, meathead-type movie, but it's not stupid. You know, I think that's the wonderful play here is that Eggers knows exactly when to let his beast become a man, or at least glimpse, uh, catch glimpses of manhood. And God, if Alexander Skarsgård... I don't understand why there couldn't be a best actor nomination in his in his future because seriously the guy tells me 
everything with just a look. And he'll show worlds of emotion in two different scenes. It is absolutely nuts how much he'll be able to tell you with just a look or a roar or a flash of his eyes. And I see everything. I see the boy that saw his father killed before him. I see the beast that has just been bred to rip and tear and destroy and pillage and savage and burn. And at the same time, I see glimpses of someone who wants to go beyond all of that. Who wants to, who has seen sort of the, I guess, the potential of what could be. There's a lot of talk in this movie about fate, especially from uh, this wonderful witch uh, played by Bjork. And she's talking a lot about fate and destiny and thinking about them like these are the threads of fate. This is thing that is yet to come. And this movie does play around with questioning that. And I see it in uh, Skarsgård's eyes. You know, this is a movie that's long as hell. It's like two and a half hours. But it needs to be that long. I need to see this kid as an innocent. I need to see the moment that turns him. I need to see the rage in him. And I feel like whenever he's placed with these potential threads or thoughts of, you know, maybe, maybe I can break my fate. Maybe I don't have to be whom my father's traditions or this witch says I need to be. I catch those glimpses in his eyes and suddenly all the hope in the world is just wrenched in that moment. And God, it's so good. This thing, it makes perfect sense that if you're going to make a Viking movie, live action, you hire the motherfucker Robert Eggers, who is not afraid to show intestines and gore and dismemberment and treat this source material with exactly how it is. No censors, no Disneyfication. This is not Chris Hemsworth flexing or riding CGI goats. This is straight up hammers, axes, and decapitations and all of that shit. And I love that this movie is able to get mystical without really ever losing that sense of that ground. You know, this is a movie that needs to be entrenched in the mud and the earth and so many shots, uh, the wide shots that tell me where we are, like in the hills and the mountains, the people are so small. And it creates this idea of like there is such a bigger world that these problems, that these um, squabbles between humans are really just squabbles between beasts the same way that, you know, wolves fight in their pack or that uh, they'll go and hunt food it is very trivial but it's also sort of yearning for the spiritual too it reminded me so much of the revenant in that same way that sort of baptism under blood that uh just vain almost in vain this hope that we can ascend beyond the sort of like trivial matters of beasts you know the eye for an eye the violence beginning violence and maybe a reach a different plane but 
as this movie shows again and again, it's not that easy. And there's a lot of this stuff that, you know, it's a Robert Eggers movie, so it's funny in, like, dark ways. In more weird ways, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, especially anytime Willem Dafoe's on screen, and hell, even Ethan Hawke, who plays uh, the king, he's having a lot of fun in this, too. This movie is fucking stacked. Willem Dafoe's playing a jester-slash-priest... Uh, you've got Ethan Hawke as the king. You've got Nicole Kidman as the queen, his mother. And, man, talk about, like... Ugh, I know she was nominated for uh, playing uh, Lucille Ball and being the Ricardos, but shit, this this performance is a motherfucking doozy. There's some shit going on with her character that's, like, fucking absolutely nuts. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy shows up as this uh, fellow kind of slave and this lady who's um takes a shining to scar to uh scarsgard i guess his name is prince amleth speaking of hamlet fucking take the first letter of hamlet put it at the end and boom you have a viking name now but uh she takes a shining to him and she has this sort of like this kingly spirit about her like she's ready to fuck people up too and so much of this just I couldn't stop looking at the screen it really is one of those movies where I'm just kind of swept along for the journey and it really does feel like a classic adventure it feels like a Campbellian sort of epic I really can't stop thinking about stuff like the first time I saw Lord of the Rings for the first time like the most recent example I had of this was maybe something like Dune, but that was more in the world building and really this to me was just the simple bare bones world to talk about the human condition. You know, it does feel like something that was constructed like eons ago and just so suddenly expressed for the modern day. Uh It's one of those movies that, like, whenever I would see, like, a medieval epic, I feel like the camera would cut to focus on, I guess, the intensity of, like, a fight. Like, watching a battle scene like this, it very much feels matter-of-fact. It doesn't feel accentuated by quick cuts and this, um, what's it called? It, It doesn't, this movie doesn't feel like it's there to impress you. Because it just needs you to watch what's happening. Simply the situations of what's going on, whether it be uh, Amleth in this sort of rival camp, just slaughtering dudes left and right, using everything. I mean, Alexander Skarsgård is a scary motherfucker, and through this movie has found 50 ways to kill a guy with 50 different parts of his body. The, the most hor- one of the most horrifying parts of this movie is when he uses his head repeatedly and just watching him bare his teeth the entire time. This is a movie where he is slathered in blood. Whether it's his or not, this fool is bathed in it. I really do think it's sort of this baptism under like baptism by blood. Um I'm sorry, I feel like I'm a little incoherent, but really it's just one of those movies that's kind of hard to 
break down and explain without just talking about it. And one of the funny parts was that today is apparently the day that the Northman comes out on VOD. You know, it's a $90 million, two-and-a-half-hour, super-bloody Viking epic releasing still during a pandemic. I know we like to pretend that it's over, but it's not. But released in that, it didn't really make the kind of money it needed to to really justify the budget. But, hey, you know, here we go. And, man, this is one of those movies you have to see on the big screen. If you're going to watch this movie at all and you do it on VOD for the first time, you are doing yourself a fucking disservice. That theater boomed and shook and shrieked. The sound design in this feels like it's living in my bones. It's sort of like crawled inside and shook me until I like forced me to watch and pay attention. And yeah, it was all the better for it. I felt like I was locked in step, just ready to see what the fuck was going on, how he was gonna figure some shit out in order to get his vengeance. And this movie, like I said, is playing around with the no- the notion of vengeance and what vengeance can even bring you. There's some shit that's going on near the end where I'm like, oh, okay, maybe something's gonna go down in a way that I did not expect. It's one of those movies that's catching me off guard, and yet it, it's one of those wonderful tricks where a movie basically tells you how it's gonna go down, but through its characters and through the actors' performances is able to pull the wool over my eyes yet again. I was like, oh, damn, I really did fall for this. But it doesn't feel vain. It doesn't feel cheap. It really feels like it's coming from a place of people just wanting the best for themselves or wanting to be able to, I guess, live in a way that doesn't require so much violence and hatred. But, man... When I tell you this thing is thunderous, when I tell you this thing is a behemoth of a film, an epic that demands the largest screen possible, that demands your focus and attention, and I think will ultimately reward you for sitting there and really embracing it and sort of going to town with it and taking its questions into mind, I think The Northman is just that type of movie it's it's mandatory viewing for this year if you're not going to be able to watch it in a theater watch it with the best fucking sound system you have but if you can get to a theater before this thing goes look dr strange is going to be there for months dr strange is going to be there in theaters probably when thor four comes out but this movie you know this and everything everywhere all at once watch them in theaters before they leave god man i will i will avenge father i will save my mother i will kill fjolnir those are some of the hardest fucking lines i've heard in the whole year man this movie fucking rules And I just got home, so that's it, man. Go watch Northman. It is fantastic. Thank you for listening to me. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, do so at the movies underscore pod. 
And yeah, go fucking watch The Northman. It fucking rules. Good night. Thank you.